Welcome to In Focus, a discussion of current issues affecting our economy, featuring a review of the latest research and analysis from the Washington Research Council. My name is Lou Moran, president of the Washington Research Council, and this is our In Focus podcast for April the 14th, 2015. And I'm here today with Chris Schobloom, our research director and senior economist, as well as Emily Makings, our senior research analyst. So Emily, you want to talk about smoking and cigarettes. Yes. Uh, Jan Teague of the Washington Retail Association had a good op-ed in the Everett Herald on what would happen if the cigarette taxes increased in Washington. Governor Inslee had proposed a 50 cent per pack increase as part of his operating budget proposal. That tax increase did not make it into either the House or Senate budgets, but it's still out there, so it could happen. In the op-ed, I thought it was interesting. Apparently, cigarettes account for nearly 32% of in-store sales at convenience stores, which seemed very high to me to begin with, but probably makes a lot of sense. I just thought it was interesting. But as Teague notes, when you increase the costs of cigarettes, you increase the likelihood that smokers will purchase cigarettes elsewhere, including through smuggling. And the Tax Foundation has a report every year about the smuggling rates in the states. And Washington's smuggling rate is already the third highest in the country. In 2013, smuggling accounted for 46.4% of cigarette consumption. Holy cow, 46%. Yeah. So that's going to have an impact then on the convenience store industry, wouldn't it? Pretty yeah, directly. Yeah, it seems, seems pretty sure. Wow. And Washington's cigarette tax is already the country's fifth highest. By adding 50 cents, it would be the second highest in the country. Okay. Very, very interesting. At our board meeting today, I believe it was you, Dr. Showbloom, that talked about the marijuana taxation of 25% at three levels. I I'm wondering how that is playing out in terms of people not buying legal pot when uh, they can buy something that's not taxed three times 25%. Yeah, that, that's, that's a, a real problem. There is the fully illicit market, which some people will purchase on. And then there's the medical marijuana market, which is also untaxed and a number of people purchase on. And I think there seems to be um, clear signs that the legislature wants to deal with the problem of marijuana taxation this session. You've mm -hmm. got bills uh, both on the House side and the Senate side, Democrats and Republicans, who are are looking to uh, cut the level of taxation some so as to draw more people into the legal market and then to deal with the, the medical marijuana market and trying to integrate that with the recreational market. I think mm -hmm. they really are looking at, at a case where, you know, the Laffer curve may actually be operative here, where if you uh, pull tax rates down some, you'll get a lot more activity um, through the legitimate market. You know, for a number of years... Marijuana was simply illegal. Now it's legal and highly taxed. And you have people who would not have purchased marijuana on the illegal market when it was fully illegal, but now are quite willing to buy it on the illegal market and avoid the taxes because it's been legitimized and now it's, it's just cheating on your taxes, not... <laughs> <laughs> not uh, you know imbibing drugs and so and so the norms on cheating on your taxes are a lot lower than the norms uh, that on some other yeah. stuff. 
They are indeed. And I remember a few years ago uh, in Snohomish County where I lived, there was a big raid north of me uh, with folks with a bunch of illegal cigarettes. I thought it was bizarre. But with these statistics, I guess that's not that uncommon, maybe. And I know when I lived on the East Coast, the market in untaxed cigarettes was really out in the open and people felt no compunction at all about going and cheating by buying the cheaper smokes. So, Chris, you've got some numbers for us? Yeah, well, we, we got a um, the monthly collections report yesterday, and what they're showing is that uh, for the most recent monthly collection period, which ended on April 10th, we came in um, with a surplus. Uh, right now, uh, cumulatively, we're sitting at $56.1 million above the amount that had been forecasted in February. Uh, that's cumulatively including the, then the March and the, then this April collection report. However, uh, that good news included $21 million refund that was not paid out last month, and, but it had been anticipated. But that will be paid out next month or the month after that. So adjusting for that, the cumulative surplus is uh, $35 million. Nice money, but not enough to really change anything. Looking under that, one of the things that, that strikes me is that if you take a look at one particular tax, the real estate excise tax, the cumulative surplus on that is actually $51 million almost. So that if you actually subtract that out for all of the rest of the taxes, we're actually $15, uh, $16 million under forecast. Not worrisome, although I will say that often... I tend to subtract out the real estate excise taxes when I'm looking at collections as an economic indicator, you know, sort of looking at, you know, how's business doing in this state, and we're running just a little below forecast on that. Not enough to be worried about yet, but this is not an indicator that's showing that the economy is actually moving more rapidly than had been anticipated. Well, there's been really not very good news in other parts of the country as far as uh, whether we're fully moving out of uh, recession mode. So one we'll have to watch carefully. And and we were talking the other day, I think you and I, about the Puget Sound Business Journal had an article about the uh, uh, downtown real estate maybe softening a little bit after a meteoric rise. And you raised an issue that recently on the national level, the weak statistic we saw was the employment report, national employment report released in early April, which was actually measuring March employment. It was a fairly low level of growth for March and then some downward revisions for previous months. The corresponding report for Washington State will actually release tomorrow. Oh. And we'll be looking at that to see whether that pattern we saw in the national numbers is also reflected in our state numbers. You kind of hope they won't be because we no. haven't had the weather problems that have been evident elsewhere in the nation. We shall see. Thank you very much. So I blogged on comparing state sales tax rates, which is kind of interesting. The Tax Foundation did a report last week comparing the average sales tax rates in the 50 states, and that's averaging state and local taxation, uh, sales taxation in those states. And of course, we start off with the fact that some states don't have a sales tax as merchants all along uh, the southern uh, border of Washington can attest, uh, because Oregon is one that does not have a sales tax. Montana, Delaware, and New Hampshire don't have sales tax either. And New Hampshire is interesting because they also 
don't have an income tax. So they're not in the comparison. But the states with the uh, five lowest combined sales tax rates are Alaska at 1.76. That's pretty good. Hawaii, 4.35. Wisconsin, 5.43. And Wyoming, 5.47. And it should be noted that Wyoming has no income tax. Uh, They do have a lot of oil money flowing through at least the eastern part of the state right now. And Maine, who does have an income tax, uh, has a 5.50%. So those are the five lowest. The five highest, we start with Tennessee, which has no income tax, at 9.45%. Arkansas, 9.26%. Alabama, just under 9%. Louisiana, same uh, number, 8.91%. And pulling in at number five, the Evergreen State, with an average of 8.89% and uh, no income tax, at least for now. So I think that's kind of interesting. If you go on the uh, blog spot on our website, uh, you can click and look at a little bit more information about that and look at the map that they put together. And uh, Chris also added in conversation with me and gave me a little bit more information about this topic in terms of Washington state, within the state, uh, the highest combined state and local tax rate is in Seattle and also Mill Creek at 9.6. The lowest combined rate is only 7% in unincorporated Klickitat County. A complete list of those combined rates within our state is also available on our website. My name is Lou Moore. I'm here with Chris Showbloom and Emily Makings. This has been In Focus, and we thank you so much for joining us. In Focus is a production of the Washington Research Council, dedicated to providing timely, credible research and policy analysis supporting economic vitality and private sector job creation. Your tax-deductible investment allows our work to continue. For more information, go to researchcouncil.org.